We've got two scriptures to read. I want to ask you a question here. Because what really what we're going to be talking about. How many of you in here today, and I know your answer, wants to do life with Jesus? Wants to do life with Jesus. Amen? That's what we're going to talk about. Doing life with Jesus. And how do you walk with God? I want to share with you some things I think will really, really open some your relationship up with the Lord. That's what I, my whole focus has been. So if you'd like to stand, two scriptures here. Psalm 16, the first, first uh, scripture. And look at verses 5 through 11. All right. You can say it with me if you like, please. Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. And the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Amen. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. Because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life, and you will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Amen. Amen. And the second uh, scripture here is Isaiah chapter 7, one verse. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. And the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which is God with us. Amen. Amen. How to walk with God. I've set the Lord before me. Everybody wants to do life with Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what we want, isn't it? Talking about that for some time. And to begin with, I want to just, just sort of review last week. Okay, real quick. All right. Because I felt like that was so significant in what we were talking about. We were talking about, you know, just exactly how do you walk in the continual presence of the Lord? We're in the presence of the Lord always, and He's here right now, okay? And sometimes you can feel His presence. Sometimes emotional, emotions will well up in you. Sometimes, obviously, there, there's a, that still small voice that speaks to you. Sometimes you can feel His love. You can experience His love. A lot of times the church is not taught on the fact. They've taught, obviously, so much, obviously, theology, which is good. But there's also the experience side of that. And a lot of times they strayed from that because they said, well, it can be taken to the extreme, and therefore we won't teach on it at all. But we need to experience His love, don't we? We need to experience His presence on a regular basis because you and I are going to be in crisis, and I don't know what the future holds, but we know that we were talking about it in Sunday school with Nancy and the group today about it. You know, things are changing, and they're changing even as we speak. So I want you to know, how do you really appropriate and be aware of the presence of God, all right? And what will that do in your life? Last week we said, how do you do it? You've got to remember Him. You've got to remember Him. See, my mind is all over the place. Maybe yours is too. And I get distracted so easily. And I have to be brought back and to remember Him. In other words, I need to think about Him. Because if you think about self, remember what we said? 
you fall into self-pity. You know, I I know what self-pity is. When you and I are focused on self, then what it does is we turn inward and we become self-pity and we get depressed and we get down in the dumps. But when you begin to shift your whole way of thinking and think about Jesus is with you right now, and Jesus is with you in whatever circumstance that you're going through, it'll change your whole outlook on how you do life. The second thing is we talked about is you recognize. In other words, you know these things are true, but do you believe them? Remember the story there of the Israelites coming out of Egypt. Remember there? And, and obviously uh, they were moving into the promised land land full of milk and honey, right? And there were 12 spies that went into the land, right? God sent them out. And so 10 came back and said, we can't do it, remember? But there were only two that came back and said, we can do it, Joshua and Caleb. So they both saw the same thing. They both had the promise of God. They knew it, but they didn't believe it. They didn't believe what God had said. And how many times do we get in a heap of trouble when we don't believe what God's Word says? That we don't obviously come in and apply God's Word to our situation. That we don't apply the faithfulness of God to whatever you're going through in life. So we have to believe that, obviously. It's most important. Now, in a crisis, faith makes all the difference. And I know you're obviously, we're all a certain age, and we've gone through many crises. But faith, obviously, will make all the difference in your life and my life. The third thing here is to realize it. In other words, to tune in. In other words, to engage with Him. He's always there. Why not talk to Him? Why not praise Him? Why not worship Him right where you are? And you say, yeah, but Jim, that's going to take me being multitask. Okay? Well, let me say this to begin with. The lady folk here, obviously, they can multitask and do many things all at the same time. We men folk, we obviously have a little struggle with that, but we can do it too. Okay? We can do things and we can be working and we can be talking to the Lord at the same time. We can do it. Okay? And I'm going to show how you do it here in a moment. You can have that sense of His presence because He's always with us and He's always there to help us. Why don't we rely upon Him? Why don't we engage with Him and talk to Him here, obviously? When we're down, what did I mention that we're to do? When you feel down, what do we do? We do a lot of times turn inward. But what did I suggest and obviously say it works? Start to praise Him. Start to thank Him. If things are not working out the way you thought they would, begin to thank Him, begin to praise Him, whether or not you feel like it or not. Many times you don't feel like it, right? You give the sacrifice of praise. It's a sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise. You begin to thank Him. You know, you can get off to yourself, or you can whisper it under your breath, or whatever way you want to do it, begin to praise Him. Because once you begin to remember Him, and you begin to look on Him, things begin, not, the circumstances may not change. But you'll change, and it will make all the difference in your life and my life here. You make a choice to think about Him. I can do it. I can choose to think about Him, or I can continue to choose about, oh, poor me, right? And when that happens, I go into what's called spiritual depression. And there is such a thing as spiritual depression. Because we're not giving the praise. Paul says to pray without ceasing, right? How do you do that? How does that mean? And a lot of different interpretations of that. But the reality is we can pray without ceasing here. We can talk to Him. 
And uh, I, the old hymn that I'm, I was talking about, he walks with me and he talks with me along life's narrow way. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he shows me I am his own. These old hymns, they hold a real solid theology to it also because God is always with us. So I want to talk about that practically about God's presence here. There are two ways of living, right? There's life with God and there's life without God. And we make the choice. And we know the Christian life is a a life of discipline here. And it's possible because Jesus made it possible for us to obviously have friendship with God. Remember? Abraham, all of them, they walked with the Lord. They knew the Lord. They were not perfect, obviously. They sinned and stumbled and fell. They did some things really disastrous. But God, obviously, and even David, he was a man after God's own heart, even though what he had done. So we, obviously, there's obviously that, that hope for me in that, okay? And you. And so we know that we only have two choices, and that is that we want to live every moment of every day talking to the Lord, sharing our lives with Him, sensing, being aware that He is with us and that He is right there to help us through life, or do we want to be distant? We just can say, I can do things on my own. Every time we do that, we get in a whole heap of trouble. In this verse, in verse 8, the King James Version says of Psalm 16, says, I have set the Lord always before me because what? He is at my right hand and, and I shall not be moved. David said, I'm not going to be moved because of that. In other words, I know where my help comes from. And I know that I can go through whatever it is I face in life. So if you're here today and you've lost your joy, listen carefully to what I'm going to say. Because this will restore the joy of your salvation before the Lord here. So not leaving you, obviously, what he's saying is with a bored life. I don't want a bored life. The Bible says in John 10, 10, he said, Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And he meant it. He doesn't want you and I to be bored. He wants it, our life to be exciting. Now, that's not, obviously, I don't minimize challenges, but I am saying there should be something down deep in my life and your life that obviously will sustain us through whatever difficulty that we go through and that we can come out on the other side with the joy of the Lord because the joy of the Lord is our strength. No other way. And the joy of the Lord comes from God Almighty Himself. I want joy. How about you? Everybody, yeah, Jim. I want joy. I want joy certainly here. And so obviously, this is very important that we know. All right, so what is it? Some people have not accepted Christ, so they can't actually walk in this. But obviously, among those who have trusted Christ, many are not appropriating it, and and they're not taking advantage of the fullness of life, and that is their their birthright in Christ here. And so the vital question becomes, how can I live every moment of every day enjoying the wonderful experience of God being present with me in everything I do and everywhere I go? How can I make him a vital part of my conversations, my activities, my daily routine, my challenges, as well as my successes? How does understanding and applying God's presence help me overcome temptation, lust, gossip, uh, losing my temper, 
Obviously, the the temptation to be lukewarm about spiritual things, to become indifferent towards the needs of others, to be unkind, uncaring, unpleasant to be around. How does practicing God's presence help me deal with, obviously, uh, with being egocentric, insecure, touchy, domineering, stubborn, or unforgiving? Man, the list goes on and on, right? How does the practicing the presence of God, being aware and how putting that, appropriating that, putting it into practice, how does that, how does that work today? So what uh, does God being with me do for my confidence level, my ability to cope, my determination to keep on going when life gets tough? What does it mean when dealing with stress at work or home or at play? Can knowing that God is with me and practicing that truth make a difference in my level of joy and success at bringing God glory with my life. Well, how does that happen, right? Emmanuel, we know this. We've been. We know Christmas. We know what will happen there when Jesus was born. Angel said he would call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. He calls you and I to have a relationship. And when I started this several months ago, this series on the fact that I said, I don't want to wait till I get to heaven to know him in the way that you desire for me to know you. I want to know you right now in the here and now. I want to encounter you in the same way in that. Now, I know this body can't, ex- can't really uh, stand the glory of God, the fullness of glory of God. I'm not naive with that. Certainly it would blow us away. But I'm talking about How can we know the Lord intimately? My whole desire is to walk in intimacy with Jesus Christ. My whole desire is being in love with Jesus. How do you do that? You have to know God is with you. And you have to put that in practice in your daily routine. You have to know these things are very important. So what it means for God to be with us here. What does that actually mean with with us here? Just sort of like, well, maybe I can get a little bit more knowledge about him or theology about him and so forth. No, it encounters him. There is an engagement with him on a regular basis. Okay. So what does it matter? I believe why it's important that one of the prophecies about Christ's birth and one of the names indicate that God is, is with us. So it's very important. God is with us here. No other gods are with the people who put some type of faith in them. All the other God, gods and, and their, their relationship there, if it's a relationship, are the do's and don'ts and how much they can do to see whether or not they can work their way to heaven. And it's a striving continually. That's by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone and our Christian walk with Christ and Him alone. So the first thing here I want to talk about, there are three things real quick. God with us means He's intricately and intimately interested in every detail of our life. You've been told, actually, or we have sort of a mindset that obviously I'm not going to bother God with the small things in my life. If things really get drastic, I may pray to Him and have others pray for for, uh, my particular situation. But as far as the small things in my life, I mean, come on, I can handle this. Let me tell you something right now. You can't handle anything in life. And neither can I. The Bible says that God is the one that we're to be dependent upon. Because once you begin to try to do that, you begin to slip away 
from having that relationship with God. And you begin to take matters in your own hands, and I do too. And that's when we mess up. That's when we get over in the flesh. That's when we obviously, we know that we are out of line. We're not walking in the Spirit. We're gratifying the lust of the flesh at that point. We begin to do that. We have to know He wants to be involved in your life and my life. Everyone. But you've got to engage with Him. He's always there. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. And so we've got to be the one. We've got to step out. And I want to tell you, God is intricately and intimately interested every detail of my life. He knows every worry. He knows every concern. He knows the report from the doctor. He knows about that bill needs to be paid. He knows, obviously, uh, about the trouble that you're having, obviously, with someone around you, whoever it may be. It may be uh, under your boss or whoever. He knows all about everything. And we sometimes, I don't know about you, but I act like I've got to take matters in my own hands. I've got to work this out. And I have the King of glory residing within me by the power of His Spirit. You have that. And so we are obviously way off base when that takes place. And, and I've come to this conclusion. There's no way that I can really have the peace that passes all understanding without being aware that God is with me. God is present with me. And having that relationship on a moment-to-moment -moment basis here, obviously, if it concerns Him, that concerns you, it, it concerns Him. Everybody, everything, everything. Obviously, you say, but Jim, what about, does he care about the type of cereal I ate for breakfast in the morning? Well, I ask him. You can ask him. Lord, you want me to eat Cheerios? You want me to eat, obviously, the uh, uh, cornflakes, raisin bran? And some people would say, Jim, but you're carrying this too far. I'm telling you, begin with everything in your life. Talk to him about it, okay? And I'm going to share with you, this is not condemnation. This is the truth of the matter. We are developing. See, a relationship has to be built between us. A relationship has to mature in, in our relationship with anybody, okay? But certainly the Lord, we know that. Don't ever believe that God doesn't care or that He does, isn't there when the little things happen to you today. He knows all about it, obviously. We all know that what it's like to feel like no one ever cares about us and the little details of our life. Either everyone around us is so busy or they're so self-absorbed or perhaps their hands are so heavy laden with their own problems that we think that we must do it alone. Not true. God's saying He's there. Okay? You're never alone when God is with you. There's a lot of people today, this is the second point, you're never lonely even with people around us, you can be lonely. Everybody know that? You can have people down deep. There can be a void. There can be a loneliness in your heart that just seems to like take over your life. And they say today that a lot of young people are obviously committing suicide at a higher rate than what we've seen in the past. And we know that obviously what's happening is, is those cell phones and the pads and all the other stuff, and they basically lock into that. And there's no conversation necessarily between that phone and that pad. because And God created us to have relationships, and that relationship involves conversation. That relationship 
actually stems from the fact that we can engage. There's a conversation. Do you believe God wants to have a conversation with you? He does. He's not distant. He is here. He's in your life if you're a Christian. And you can walk with Him and talk with Him no matter what you're doing. And you can tell Him about everything in your life. You can worship Him. You can stop and worship Him. You can just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence in my life. And sometimes that's all I can say. Just thank you for helping me. And I just wait. Because God wants us to do that. We need to do that. And loneliness can attack anybody. Anybody. It doesn't make any difference. They're the single and the married, the rich and the poor, the powerful as well as the helpless. Loneliness is no respecter of person. Loneliness. We're never alone. Jesus is there. The third thing here is... God's presence encourages me to master my sinful cravings. This is important. People fall into addiction. And it could be that there are things that they have brought in their life and then they got saved. And that luggage, I call it luggage, is still there. Jesus said, I came to set the captive free. He says, therefore, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. He said, I just want to set you free. How do you do that? You get into the presence of the Lord. You begin to reflect upon that. Because let me tell you, when you know you're in His presence, you begin practicing His presence, you may not do some of the things that you once did. You may not say some of the things that you once said. You may not think some of the things that you once thought. It all begins to fall away. A lot of people, there's deliverance that we know, and we do that at times, certainly, and I participated, and, and I know it's a vital ministry, deliverance is. But let me tell you, you get into the presence of the Lord, and some of those shackles, not if not all of them, are going to fall off of you because you don't want to do anything to break His heart because you know you're in His presence. You want to please Him. Jesus said, I only do what pleases the Father. And he says, I only do what I see the Father doing. So if you want to get real, get into this presence. Get still before him. Ask the Holy Spirit to meet with you. He will. He promises. This is a promise of God. And watch what happens. You can sense there gets to be a, many times if you get at, block everything else out, things get really quiet and you begin to really zero in and focus in on his presence. He's with us now. We had testimony here some time ago, too, about traveling from Hobby Airport, okay? And uh, obviously, I won't say, but one of our parishioners here had an encounter like that. We mentioned it last week and talked about the, re the reality. She wasn't alone in the car. That after the Holy Spirit of God made himself known to her in her car, she wasn't alone, Okay. Now, these things, obviously, God can manifest His presence in that manner. That's not always the way He does it, but He can. But He wants you to know that. He wants you by faith, yes, no matter whether or not you feel like, well, ain't nothing happening right here, so I might as well go on and do things on my own. Remember last week I said, if you pray that prayer in James chapter 1 and you ask for wisdom, He said He'll give it to you. And he'll give you a bunch of wisdom. And you, the Bible actually, what that interpretation says, keep coming back for more wisdom. He won't hold back. But what we do is if he doesn't do what we want him to do or he doesn't act on our timetable, we've always got an option two or option B. 
we got something in our back pocket. And we're like, well, it's not working out with God. The Bible says wait on Him. Those who wait upon Him will renew their, their strength and their power that He does. We'll mount up on wings like eagles. We'll obviously walk and not grow faint. He says today, you have to believe that He's always there, that He reveals Himself in different ways. I always pray, Holy Spirit, come and reveal Jesus to the hearts of this congregation today. Do I believe that prayer is being answered? Yes, indeed. Okay. Not because of me and not because of my asking necessarily in that, okay? But because of the goodness of our Father, right? I believe it. I believe it. You got to believe it here. But you start getting into the presence of, of the Lord. Let me tell you, what you're going to say is I'm not going to gossip anymore. I'm not going to say something mean or ugly. I'm not obviously going to get in an argument with somebody. What happens is we step out from the presence of the Lord and that's when everything breaks loose because what do we do? We get in the flesh. We want my way. We want what I want, okay? And God is saying, you better stay in my presence, okay? Now, we're always in the presence of the Lord, okay? But the awareness and the communion, you know, old friends always talk about the communion of the Holy Spirit. It's communion. Fellowship, very, very close to the same thing. You want communion with him. Talk to him. Stop. Stop and talk to him. And you, I don't know what to say. I'm, a, I'm, not a, I'm not a big talker. Well, neither am I. But stop and talk to him. Thank him. Just thank him. Watch what happens. He'll open things up to you to where you really feel like, gosh, I, I, I want to be in his presence. And plus, I want to talk to him more. And he loves to hear it. He loves for us to talk to him in that way. But you've got to obviously practice his presence with you. Practicing God's presence is going to keep me pure in many different ways here. Here, think about this. Jesus is sitting in the back seat as you drive to work in the morning. Would he approve of what you just call those other drivers that cut you off in traffic? Right? When you get ready to obviously use your finger, particular finger in a particular way, or you begin to start thinking something, okay? I know nobody knows that, what I'm talking about here. But, and I'm not going to go into detail, but would he approve of that? Well, he's in the car. Okay, right? I mean, he just cut me off, okay? And, and all that. And so all of a sudden, we take vengeance in our own lives. And what's happening today, people are doing that, and they're getting into a gunfight, right? We have the Lord with us, folks. He's sitting right there in the car with us. He's here right now. He sees everything we do. I mentioned something I heard years ago that I heard a youth pastor. It's not youth pastor. He's actually a pastor, but he's a young man. And he talked about how he lived his youth and realizing that he was always in the presence of the Lord. And so he didn't do some of the things that the young people at that particular age were doing. He restrained from it. He said, but the only reason he did it is because he was in the presence of the Lord. You want to be free? Doesn't mean you won't stumble. It doesn't mean you won't obviously sin. It just means that obviously life's going to change for you. He's going to change your life here, right? During the American Revolution, a man in civilian clothes rode past a group of soldiers repairing a small defensive barrier. Their leader was shouting instructions, 
but making no attempt to help them. And asked why the writer, he responded with great dignity. And he says, sir, I'm a corporal. And the stranger apologized, dismounted, and proceeded to help the exhausted soldiers. The job got done. And he turned to the corporal and said, corporal, the next time you have a job like this and not enough men to do it, go to your commander-in-chief and I'll come and I'll help you again. And with that, George Washington got back on his horse and rode off. We're to be servants. You want to serve? You want to give yourself away? Get into the presence of the Lord. You know, the Bible says that obviously in Ephesians chapter 6, we're to put on the full armor of God. We know that and we do that on a regular basis. Belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness. Our feet are shod with the preparation of sharing the gospel of peace. We hold up the shield of faith, which extinguishes all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And what's next? We put on the helmet of salvation, which is the mind of Christ. Your mind is where those fiery darts, they keep firing in there and telling you all these lies about this and that. And fear comes in. And one of the lies the devil tells us is fear. I'm not going to make it. Finances are getting worse, okay? We're on this and that and so forth because that a lot of times is the main thing. And he strikes you right there and you're going to be destitute and be on the streets before it's all over with, okay? God's saying, no, I take care of you. But we've got to remember, God's not saying that. That's not coming from him. But when you're in the presence of the Lord, you'll be able to distinguish the very fact that these things are not from the Lord. This is coming from the devil. And what do you do with those thoughts? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that we are to take them captive and make them obedient to Christ. Cast them out. This is not from you, Lord. And you may be able to just verbally say that. But if you're in the presence of the Lord, but if you're in the flesh, you're going to bleed that and you're going to start soaking that stuff in like crazy. And before long, you're overwhelmed and you're depressed and you're saying there's no hope for me. We could cover other biblical reasons why practice in the presence of God matters. Like how it gives us more joy and more peace here, more success in life and so forth. I want to stop here. So how can I practice the presence? Important to know how. And there's several ways here that I want to mention to you. First of all, is practice enjoying the presence of God through sacrificial worship. You sacrifice today. You came out in 105 degree heat and you got to this place hoping that we had the air conditioner cranked down, right? But you sacrificed, right? We're not sacrificing like they did back in the 1800s. I don't know how they lived in Texas at that time, but they did. But you sacrificed. You got up. You put your clothes on. You made yourself ready, and you came. And you said, I'm coming to worship the king. Now, you know, you did that and you think, obviously, you're going, I wouldn't have it any other way. But let me tell you today, God is honored as a result of that. That little thing coming in here is a sacrifice before him and singing to him is a sacrifice of praise today. And so something happens. You're in awareness in the, of the presence of God in your life when you obviously enter into sacrificial worship before the Lord. And you can do that anywhere. What about when we look at Jesus being born? There were seekers, astronomers that were there. They were coming, they looked, they came a long way. Remember the shepherds? They came a long way. They were in danger of losing their life. Herod didn't like them and so forth. And the shepherds said, no, we're going anyway. And it was a long way. 
okay? Maybe you came a long way today, okay? We did. I know I come, we came a long way. It doesn't make any difference, okay? But what it means is that you're willing to go the extra mile. You're willing to do that. You want to experience His presence? You want to be aware of His presence? Then offer that sacrificial worship before Him. You know, salvation's free. But obviously, true worship costs something. It costs something to you here. And that's what the Bible means when it says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He's done for you. Let Him be a living and holy sacrifice, the, the kind He will find acceptable. And this is truly the way, not one of the ways, but the way to worship Him. Offer yourselves to Him. It's a sacrifice. I offer my body to you. What that means, body means everything about me, my, the totality of my being. I offer myself to Him today. The living and holy sacrifices. I, obviously, we know there, everything else comes with it. My possessions, my time, my abilities, my job, everything. And we're talking about the presence of God in my life. David said in Psalm 51, I can't live without your presence. If David is saying, I can't live without your presence, I cannot live without His presence. I can go on in my merry old way and go on, but I'm never, ever going to fulfill what God has for me and to call upon my life until I get in His presence and know His presence on a regular basis. Second of all, is you, you want a greater experience of God's presence here? Think about it. Shepherds here, they sacrificed. They also brought all those things, right? They were bringing, well, the others did. They brought the gold and incense and frankincense and so forth and myrrh and all. These were expensive gifts at that time. God wants first fruits in your life and my life. When you tithe, you take the tithe out before you take anything else out. You don't take and figure up and say, well, I won't be able to make it through the month if I give my tithe. No, you give the tithe first. Because why? The whole thing is God doesn't need our money. God is looking at my heart and looking at your heart to see whether or not you're trusting Him. And what He's trying to do is build us up in Christ. He wants you to know He's not, obviously, he, he doesn't, He's got it all and He'll help us, but He wants this first fruit. He wants us to give in that manner, sacrificially. That's a sacrifice that worship here. Practice and enjoying the presence of God by seeing His handiwork in the little things. Everything. Don't despise the day of small things. Safe Savage may meet over here at one of the bars this afternoon. Was that true, Don? Well, in Laporte, uh, Eagles Lodge in Laporte. Well, uh, and they'll, they're going to mingle, and they're going to obviously have worship. They're going to have teaching the Word of God and all this, and people are going to be in there. Let me tell you today, things are going to happen, okay? Not because I said so, but because of the goodness of God, Okay. And you may say, yeah, but I don't see this and that, okay? What happens is the gang that will go in there is bringing the manifest presence of God in their lives into that place, and it is obviously touching people's lives today. Yeah, we give the verbal witness, definitely, but your presence there, because you have the presence of Jesus in your life, the Holy Spirit of God is going to somehow touch some people in that, that particular place today. Will they all respond? No. But something's happening today. Our God is not an inactive God. Our God is much involved in these things as you could ever imagine. Why? It's because He loves people the same way He loves us. He didn't have to save us, but He did. 
believe it. We know it, but we don't believe it here. God is present in the small things. If you're not happy with your life because you believe God hasn't visited you with His presence, think again. If you feel insignificant because you haven't had a big party thrown in your honor, don't conclude you're not important to God. If you feel like you've been put on the back burner, don't believe that at all. God's presence is with you. He didn't waste anything. He just calls us to be faithful here. We need to obviously humble ourselves and believe it. Now, practice enjoying God's presence of God by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Lord. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses, Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, and to the uttermost ends of the earth, being filled with Him. You ask Him, He'll fill you. You ask Him, He will obviously take you at your word, where your heart is, and He will do that. You've got to know He's with you, and He will help you. He will help you no matter what it is you're going through in life. Okay. When you put your faith and trust in, in Jesus, we're no longer our own. We've been bought with a price, right? How does this work real practically? I played baseball when I was a uh, little league. What did I do? Or what did you do when you played a sport or whatever you did? Or if you played an instrument? Or you did this and that? What did you do, anybody? Practice, 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 right? You practice. When you find yourself and you haven't thought about the Lord, remembering Him, and you've got a gap of time in there, keep coming back. Don't give up. There's no condemnation. He's not there. He just wants you. He's longing to have that relationship. You've got to know. He wants that engagement with you and me. It sets you free. Talk to Him. Talk to Him under your breath. Talk to Him out loud. If you're in the car, people think you're crazy. That's fine. That doesn't make any difference anyway. They're probably crazier than you are. Okay? Right? Talk to him. Practice, 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 practice. The life of see, we think the life of a Christian's kind of just uh, here and all this. We're all over and so forth. The life of a Christian is life of discipline. There was a book written by Richard Foster, who was a Quaker years ago. The dis the spiritual discipline. It's real good. Okay, it's a life of discipline. You got to discipline yourself. Will we always get it right? No, but don't give up. Practice, 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 practice. Did I hit a home run every time? No. But I practice and practice and practice. It takes practice. Don't give up. Talk to Him. Engage with Him. He's with us. He's with you when you leave here. Talk to Him. Engage with Him. He'll never disappoint you. Your life will change as a result. If you're dealing with something, habit, or whatever it may be in your life, let me tell you, you start getting in His presence, you know, hey, that ain't, that ain't holding. I don't want anything but God's presence in my life. That stuff is obviously, it's not even, it's not satisfying. 
And before long, you, fi- you figure out it's not satisfying. That life doesn't satisfy. See, we need to obviously do everything for the glory of God. All right? And this particular, I'm going to give a couple of handouts here in a minute. Two of them are really in relation to what I'm talking about. What is remarkable, this man says, is that no matter where, obviously, the, the post begins, he always ends in worship. There's no coincidence. It's where our journey must lead us. It's the most often quoted phrase from Augustine, and he said this. He said, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. You'll never be satisfied until you're in his presence and you're operating, you're practicing and you're walking with him and talking with him along life's merry way. And he's referring here to desire. Our only hope for rest from the incessant craving of our desire is in God. And our unite, our, us being united in him. The full union, of course, is coming when we go to heaven. But we rehearse for the wedding now through worship. There's no other reason. The only thing will satisfy your desire, my desire, is getting in His presence. I was reading a story. A young lady had got in some bondage. And she came to her pastor. And she said, Pastor, she said, I, I, I don't want this in my life anymore. And her pastor said, I've got the solution, God, God Almighty. He said, get along with God, get into His presence and worship Him. The Bible says, in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. He says, here's the pathway to life. David knew that the only answer was being in the presence of God. He's here. As we walk with Him and talk with Him, He'll reveal more. But see what happens we don't begin. And, and why should God give us any more if we don't go ahead and we don't start? It may be small, may be big. But if we're not serious about it, then why should He bother to press in? Let me give you one promise that I know hopefully will be helpful. The Bible says this, if we draw near to God, He will draw near to us. Okay? If we draw near to God, He will draw near to us. When we practice the presence of the Lord, we're drawing near to Him. We're drawing near Him. We get in the Word of God and study. We get drawn near Him when we're praying. All of these things. Now, here's the promise, and He cannot go back on His promise. He will fulfill it. If you draw near to Him, He'll draw near to you. Amen? You're going to practice. I'm going to give you a worksheet. Take it home with you, or you can look at it here. And we got out a little bit earlier today, George. But... uh, But work on it if you have any questions about it. But it's it's good about practicing the presence of the Lord. I'm going to give everybody one. And then one of the handouts here on worship. The heart's healer. God to heal you. Thank you for your attention today. Lord, thank you for your word, your truth, your presence. We walk in your presence. We walk and talk with you. We just want to pray and say thank you. That you're always with us. Help us, Lord, to, to talk with you. And, and Lord, to, 
to just uh, pour our lives out before you because, Lord, we've been bought with a price. Thank you for everybody here today. Holy Spirit of God, come impart this truth into our hearts and let it obviously work something so marvelous that we would be all be amazed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.